Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone. And today we are in week 11 of our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. Today I'm going to be talking to you about questions 29 and 30. And as many of you who are regular listeners can tell, I'm a little bit under the weather, but that's going to be all right. We are going to get through it. We have much to discuss today, and the topic of discussion is incredibly important. Today we're going to talk about Jesus as our Savior. Now, many of you know that Jesus was a very common name among Jewish males in the first century. The historical evidence that we have that is found in documents and inscriptions, it has caused scholars to estimate that Jesus was the fourth most popular name behind Simon, Joseph, and Judah. So if you grew up in first century Palestine, odds are that you would have known a boy named Jesus. Now, What was so popular about that particular name? Well, Jesus is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua. And Joshua is the combination of two words that when you put these two words together, they mean this. They mean Yahweh saves. So the little boys named Jesus who were running around the first century synagogues in Israel were a reminder and a hope that the God who saved Israel in the past would one day save them again for good. But the question is, how would God save his people? And that's where Jesus of Nazareth enters the discussion. Jesus of Nazareth was so named not simply because his God would save, but because he had come as God in the flesh to accomplish that salvation. That's the focus of this week's questions. So let's read question 29. Why is the Son of God called Jesus, meaning Savior? And the answer is because he saves us from our sins. Salvation cannot be found in anyone else. It is futile to look for any salvation elsewhere. Now, it took us seven weeks to get through the guilt portion of this catechism. And over those seven weeks, we came to understand more about our sin and misery and guilt before God. We are sinners. And with our sin comes the penalty, which is death and judgment. Now, maybe it seemed a bit depressing to go through all of that, but now it begins to all make sense. As we grow to understand our sin, our misery, and our guilt before God, we also come to understand our need to be saved from it all. We need a Savior to come, and Jesus fits the bill. In fact, He is the only one capable of saving mankind from their sin and misery. First, Jesus' name means Yahweh saves, right? But second, he was the one sent by God the Father as the only remedy for the sin of mankind. God has made it clear to all those who have ears to hear that Jesus is the only hope for salvation. Now, you can think about the fact that when Jesus came onto the scene, uh, when he stepped forward out into prominence, there are even scenes where he is baptized and the Father speaks from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Uh, We see a scene like that in the Transfiguration, at the Mount of Transfiguration, where 
Jesus is revealed to be something more than simply a man, and God the Father again speaks and tells the disciples to listen to him. This is my beloved son. But even throughout the New Testament, throughout the Gospels, we see evidence of God speaking, saying, not only is this my son, but he's the only means of salvation. He's the means that I have sent to you. In Acts chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, we read this. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Jesus made it clear that he is the only Savior when he said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's John 14, 6. And the Apostle Paul was pretty clear when he wrote in 1 Timothy 1, 15, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. All of these verses point to the fact that Jesus, Yahweh saves, has come from God to save sinners from our guilt and misery, and he is the only Savior that will do. But that brings up another question. And that's where question 30 comes in. Do those who look for their salvation and security in saints, in themselves or elsewhere, really believe in the only Savior, Jesus? And the answer is no. Although they boast of being His, by their deeds they deny the only Savior and deliverer, Jesus. Either Jesus is not a perfect Savior, or those who in true faith accept their Savior have in Him all they need for their salvation. Now, this question and answer has strong ties to the days in which it was written. It was a day when the Catholic Church held a much larger influence on Christian people than it does today. But make no mistake, the Catholic Church still has a lot of influence over Christian people, especially uh, those who are not part of the Protestant tradition. But for those of us who are part of this long Protestant tradition, the Catholic Church and the influence of the Catholic Church is really not being felt quite as strongly. For most of us, the idea of putting our hope and security in a saint is ludicrous. But there are some more modern Protestant equivalents that need to be considered here. Maybe we don't put our hope in saints, uh, but there are still issues. For instance, many who grow up in established Christian traditions can become confused about the need to have a personal faith in Christ. Many young people in the church are convinced that they are Christians simply because their parents and grandparents are Christians. They've grown up in the church, so to speak. They've grown up in a Christian home, so to speak. And so the idea that they're not Christians, that they don't believe Christian truths and they don't embrace a Christian ideal, uh, that's just, they, they wouldn't consider anything themselves anything but Christians. But there's a problem. When the idea of our being saved and our security being in our Christian environment takes root, it reveals that our doctrine of salvation is lacking. It needs work. We aren't saved by virtue of our heritage. We're only saved by a personal trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. We're saved because we believe. It's also important that we stress that salvation can be found uh, not in ourselves, right? That's the second half of this. Although they boast of being His, by their deeds they deny their only Savior and Deliverer. 
<clears throat> if, if we put our confidence in our own deeds, we are in effect denying our salvation to, in Christ. Uh, this is a common misunderstanding uh, that proves devastating for those who embrace it. And it's easy for us to embrace it. <clears throat> we can grow to put our hope in our salvation and our security in ourselves because we are born with hearts that are full of personal pride. We are easily convinced of our own greatness, even our own spiritual or religious greatness. We're born full of ourselves, and we're tempted to think that we are good enough, that we're smart enough, and that God should or must like us. We're tempted to think that God does or should accept us based on how good we are at performing uh, certain moral things. How, or maybe even we're, we're convinced that God should love us based on how good our intentions might be. Ultimately, when we are believing that, we're believing in ourselves, not in Christ. But the truth is that no one is capable of saving themselves, not through white-knuckled obedience, through positive thinking, or any other form of self-salvation. The Bible makes this clear as well in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It is not the result of works, so that you may not boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, that He has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Grace is the means by which we are saved. Grace is the banner over which our salvation is reality. And, and that becomes clear to us. It becomes effective in us when we believe. For by grace you have been saved through faith. The Christian's hope is in Christ alone. Our only comfort, as the Catechism has taught us early on, our only comfort in life and in death is that we belong both body and soul to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. We're not saved by trust in saints. We're not tr saved by trust in ourselves. We're not saved by trust in anything save a trust in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So thanks for joining me today uh, as we discuss this. I hope that it has been helpful to you and encouraging to you, just a constant reminder to you of our need of Christ and our hope to be in Christ only. Uh, I hope that you'll join us again next week as we look at Lord's Day 12 together and we discuss questions 31 and 32. If you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at CBC Wiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash cornerstone Wiley. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play to stay up to date on all the new content. Thank you for listening.